Welcome to Walking in Faith with Bishop Daly. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington State. Welcome to the program. Joining me is Father Darren Connell. As you know, Father Connell is the rector of Our Lady of Lord Cathedral, and he's also Vicar General of the Diocese. And I've asked uh, Father Connell to assist me in the implementation of the synodality program, which our Holy Father Pope Francis has asked the Universal Church to begin. There are many questions about a synod and the concept of synodality, and um, to help us and to help our listeners who may be in your own parishes here in our Diocese of Spokane or in Eastern Washington, or perhaps you are involved in a, the synod process in your own parishes in your own diocese here in the West. Before we begin, um, Cardinal Dolan uh, is the Cardinal Archbishop of New York, and I saw him when we were uh, together in the Bishops' Conference in November in Baltimore. But before the synodality, synodality approach uh, in his diocese was taken, he offered what he called some non-negotiables. I'd like to begin uh, our program today with what Cardinal Dolan wrote, and uh, that will kind of frame our own implementation here in our Diocese of Spokane. Cardinal Dolan said, the energy and direction driving the church comes from the Holy Spirit, not ourselves. That's the first non-negotiable. Number two, while in the world, we are not of the world, and thus our guiding principles come from the gospel, revelation, and the patrimony of the church's settled teaching. Three, that the principles of the innate dignity of every human person and the inherent sacredness of all human life are the towering moral lighthouses on our path. Four, that our journey through this life back to our true and eternal home of heaven is most effectively accomplished precisely as a journey as we walk with and accompany each other with Jesus as our guide, his mother and the saints, and we sinners at each other's side. Next one, that on this journey we pay special attention to those at the side of the road, especially those who are sick, weak, poor, are unable to keep up with us. Let, let me, if I could jump in here, Bishop. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that one is certainly very important to me uh, in the sense that I think the point of this um, synodal process is to involve people who <coughs> who, who or norm, or normally don't make a contribution uh, in terms of telling people what they think and what they feel and how they're experiencing the church. And he mentions the sick and those who are on the, on the sides of the roads, if you will. Um, it seems to me that really is important because when we when we have church meetings or parish meetings, sometimes it's just the same, you know, few people who are participating. And I don't think that's what the Holy Father is getting at. He really wants much wider participation from people who normally wouldn't uh, participate in a, in a process like this. Very good point, and we'll address that a little later. But he continues on with two other uh, insights, non-negotiables. Cardinal Dolan says that our wealth comes only from faith, trust, prayer, the sacraments and his grace, and finally that mercy, love, invitation, humility, joy, selfless, generous service, and good example are our only tools, never harshness, condemnation, or pride. Cardinal Dolan continues, this seems to be synodality in a nutshell. We are loyal Catholics. The Holy Father has asked us to help him keep the church always under the direction of Jesus, our good shepherd. And again, he makes it clear to us that this is how Cardinal Dolan sees um, this process unfolding in his archdiocese. And I would agree with those principles, especially the one that Father uh, Connell brought up, hearing from 
those that we don't normally. I, I think it might be helpful. Uh, there should be sometimes we throw around crazy language, and um, not everyone may understand uh, what they mean. I, I think for me, the word synod. I guess if I were to sum it up in a, in a simple definition, would be a synod is a any gathering of, of clergy and laity to address a particular issue. Um, and in this sense, uh, what's unique about this synod? There are diocesan synods and synods of bishops uh, with the Holy Father. This is a really a historic in the sense that the Holy Father has called a worldwide synod for the first time in, in history, uh, encouraging everyone in, in, in the world uh, to participate in this, in this process, uh, clergy and laity uh, alike. And so um, that makes it you know, pretty unique. Um, there are diocesan synods as part of the, the Code of Canon Law, uh, and this one is a an international worldwide synod, and in that sense, it's really it's really historic. The question is often asked: is why why this? Why did Pope Francis call this universal synod? Well, as, as I said, um, uh, synod is a gathering of clergy and laity to address a particular issue, and he's outlined uh, uh, he outlined I guess the areas of focus under the the title uh, of the synod, which is for a synodal church. Uh, and then he uses the words communion, participation, and mission. Uh, and to me, uh, what I read into that is a sense of, of deeper ownership on the part of, of lay people and clergy alike, and uh, an opportunity to uh, hear other people and listen to other people and, and their own points of view and, and experiences of the church and participation in the life of the church, which is uh, kind of rare today. That people We like to talk, but not... We're short on listening and really listening to uh, what other people have to say. There will be a synod of bishops in Rome in two years, and this is uh, a preparation for that. So um, people may ask, uh, what's going to happen with the information that I'm providing? There are generally going to be deanery listening sessions and uh, opportunities for people to speak. But I want to go back to what uh, Father Connell mentioned about the people we don't normally hear from. When we were asked to speak on this um, uh, earlier in the month uh, in all the parishes, um, one of the things that I mentioned uh, in October was that um, there are people who will write to me. And with the annual appeal, uh, we've asked, I've asked, that people, when they, they send their offering for the ministries, which helps fund the ministries of our diocese of the counties of eastern Washington, uh, to plate place petitions. And one of the most prominent uh, prayer requests of, of the people, which is, is very good for me, I put these prayers in a basket, and only do they go in the basket in my chapel after I read each one. And there is a lot of concern and prayer, and I would say anguish, for members of people's families that no longer practice the faith. Now, there are various reasons why that might be, and perhaps in this listening, which will occur in the synod, You'll hear some of those reasons. Some, of course, um, we can't do anything about. It's people's uh, struggle to live the gospel, and, and there's always been difficulty. Jesus never pretended it was going to be easy, but there may be some other areas that we're not aware of. And um, I know when priests hear confessions, we hear the, the struggles of people. But there are people who are at home. Uh, perhaps they haven't come back to the church. 
uh, maybe they don't often um, uh, feel comfortable saying this. So hopefully these people will be heard from, not, as we said, the professional uh, commentators, uh, the so-called um, uh, institutionalized employees of the church, but the average person in a pew. Uh, as a rector of the cathedral and uh, a pastor, in a sense, of, of the many families of the cathedral, uh, Father Kala, have you heard, what have you heard from uh, your people regarding well, this? One of the things that I've, um, uh, we've had, uh, in the time that I've been at the cathedral, we've had uh, about every three years, <clears throat> we have a, a planning process uh, uh, for the cathedral, which, which I think, uh, I, I think one could call a mini-synod, whereby we look at all the aspects of, of life in the parish, uh, how people are experiencing um, parish life, what are the needs, what are the strengths, what are the, the, the struggles, and we, we uh, give people, uh, every parishioner, an opportunity to, to, to be heard in uh, actually in-person listening sessions, pre-COVID obviously, but also through um, surveys that people get to fill out. Uh, and then all of that information is uh, compiled. Uh, we don't, one of the rules we have is you really can't argue with, with, with someone. Uh, so if someone says, I want to rip down the cathedral and, and have mass in a field, okay, I mean, <clears throat> of course we're not going to do that. But, but people get to say whatever they want. And I, 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 that's one of the, the fundamental rules, I guess, of, of that consultation process. And I think there are a lot of parallels here between if, if you if you and your parish have been a part of a pastoral planning process for your parish, it seems to me that this is uh, similar to that. Not necessarily to come up with actionable items and goals for universal church, um, but, but certainly to be able to give your input, to be honestly heard without being argued with or shut down. Uh, and and that, that sense of freedom, I think, is very important. Uh, freedom and involvement. When the... Um Holy Father has mentioned this and he's given talks. Um, uh, he's asked, well, what do you mean by all of this? And I think, again, to, um, to refer to uh, Cardinal Dolan's introductory comments, uh, he says that he himself doesn't completely understand this concept, but then he goes on to say, neither does Pope Francis, in that he's asked um, for us to humbly seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit to see if we, in fact, are following God's will in all of this. And so, again, that first uh, guiding principle of, of the cardinal, the energy and direction driving the church comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I, I would reiterate that, too, because sometimes we can go into these processes uh, with our own agenda, um, and uh, that, that's not what this is about. And, and, and as the cardinal said, uh, we have, our agenda has to be the agenda of the Holy Spirit, which requires humility and prayerful reflection. One of the um, challenges, of course, will be people uh, who will say, well, what happens? I'll say something and no one will care. And again, that's where I think that the issue of the humility um, and truth comes from. Because it's God's will we're seeking. Um, it's, it's not the consensus or the will or popular opinion. And we know that uh, today the strugglers, those religions that wed, as they say, modernity, end up finding themselves to be widows very quickly. And that has been um, the experience of the church when you move away, when you compromise the fundamental teachings. However, um, there is a time uh, necessity of reading the signs of the times, and this may be part of the process. We're going to take a break, and when we return, I'm talking with Father Connell, 
Jan Vicker General and the Director of the Synod for our Diocese of Spokane. Welcome back. I am talking with Father Connell, uh, the Vicar General and the coordinator of our diocesan synod process. Um, many questions out there because it is a concept that's not easily understood and probably not familiar in the minds of a lot of our faithful here in eastern Washington. But maybe if Father Colin, you can discuss some of the um, guidelines that have come sure. to us from the Holy See. So uh, in the documents that we've received from the Holy See, uh, there are 10 themes that are identified uh, that uh, we are asked to consult on. Uh, maybe just very quickly I could give those. Uh, the first is called the Journeying Companions. Uh, essentially, it looks as if we are to talk about and reflect on what is the church and, and who's, who, who are we uh, walking with uh, from this life to the next? And what do we mean when we say our church? The second theme is listening. Uh, again, who does the church need to listen to? Uh, how are the laity? How are the laity listened to? And not, again, not just the standard, you know, Catholic uh, journalists or blogs or whatever, but the ordinary Catholic in the pew. Who who listens to them, and how can we include them? Speaking out uh, is the third theme, which means being able to courageously and honestly offer your own reflections uh, regarding uh, church and 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 uh, our, our sense of community. The fourth uh, theme is celebrating. And so uh, this really has to do with uh, incorporating prayer, celebration of the Eucharist, um, celebrating other, other liturgical uh, events as this process unfolds, and then to kind of evaluate our own uh, sense of, of celebrating uh, in terms of the liturgy. Uh, the fifth is co-responsible in the mission. Um, so how is each baptized person uh, take on a sense of responsibility for the life of the church? This isn't just you know, the sacristan and, and father and the deacon or the parish council. It really is how, do, how is everyone, by virtue of their baptism, uh, called to, to participate in the mission? The sixth uh, theme is dialogue in church and society. Um, this, again, is uh, an opportunity for, opportunity for us to reflect on how, how, do, how do we dialogue in, in, in the church? Uh, how do we handle divergences of, of, of vision or conflicts or difficulties in, in a Christian and a respectful way? Uh, that's certainly needed in our, our society today and, and, and I would argue needs in the church as well. Um, seven is with, uh, with other Christian denominations. So uh, what, what, what relations do we have with uh, people of other faiths? And not just even Christians, but uh, non-Christians. What are their areas of concern? Um, what is our response uh, to them? Number uh, eight is authority and participation. Again, we don't. This isn't just a gathering of the of the clergy uh, for us to you know impose our views, but it really is uh, to identify ways to um, involve the voices that we wouldn't or ordinarily hear. Nine, discerning and deciding. This is where, again, we, we refer back to his eminence when he talked about the need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, how do we rely on the Holy Spirit as we discern together and, and make decisions? And then uh, 
the tenth theme is forming ourselves in synodality. Um, how do we form people, especially those who hold roles of responsibility within the, the church, to make them more capable of what the Holy Father calls journeying together, listening to one another and engaging in dialogue. So those are, those are ten themes. Now it's interesting, um, under those themes there are a whole variety of questions. So, you know, this is a, it's a pretty monumental task that's outlined for us. Um, maybe then it might be good to talk about uh, how we locally uh, are going to uh, implement or how we are implementing this synod, huh, Bishop? Yeah, I think that's important because people wonder what I'm, you know, our diocese has a significant uh, rural uh, character to it. And um, in those parishes, uh, the pastors who know their people see them at mass on Sundays and when they're not there, uh, obviously there's, are they sick? some type of concern. So how a, a synod process occurs in a rural parish uh, will be different from the more metropolitan Spokane, where um, it's larger and uh, perhaps there's been a change in pastor and he may not be aware of who's missing. So, um, and you also have the, yeah. the addition of um, languages, Vietnamese, uh, Spanish-speaking. Mm -hmm. So we have to make accommodations for, for, for that as well. Maybe I could just go over... Um, so, so Bishop has organized uh, the, the listening process, the consultation process, uh, the synod process here in eastern Washington according to what are called uh, deaneries. So it's a pretty, we have a pretty big diocese geographically, uh, six hours at least from the Canadian border to the Oregon border uh, straight through. And so as, as Bishop mentioned, we have a lot of rural communities. So um, we're organizing this according to deaneries. A deanery is simply a region. Uh, a, a huge neighborhood, if you will, of that includes parishes. So we have a, a region in the south uh, of the diocese, region south Spokane, uh, west uh, uh, north Spokane, etc. And all those parishes that are within that deanery are will be gathering uh, to enter into this process. So uh, each deanery is led by a dean. So my deanery, Southside, is led by Father Luke Thompson. And our deanery has already met um, to discuss this process. And we've set aside two uh, listening sessions, one on a, in, in, in each of the Southside parishes. So that will be Sacred Heart uh, and St. Peter Parish. And that will be announced. We'll announce it in all of our parishes. It's a Saturday, a particular Saturday. And uh, we invite we will invite people and encourage them to attend. That will likely happen in your deanery as well. Uh, and you simply ask your pastor uh, when the listening sessions will be held. Uh, and for those who are uncomfortable with gathering in person uh, for, because of COVID or, or whatever reason, um, we will also be having a, a survey posted to the diocesan website, which will allow people to uh, write in their own reflections. I, I don't think the Holy Father sees that as, as valuable as the in-person meetings. Uh, he seems to be stressing the need to you know, be physically present and, and speak and, and, and listen. Um, but nonetheless, that's, he also recognizes, as I've read the, the, the materials, that, that may not be possible for some people, uh, given distances, language, uh, and the whole issue of the, of the COVID restrictions. For our, um, for our various communities, so the, the central uh, organizing uh, committee would be, uh, consists of, of myself, uh, Sister Sharon Bongiorno, uh, Deacon Kelly Stewart, and uh, Mary Haugen. Um, 
we are, our task is to uh, collect all this information that, that we receive from the deaneries and provide a synthesis for Bishop Daly. Uh, Katie Rickers, the director of our Catholic schools, uh, it will be working with our principals and, and uh, teachers and faculties. Uh, Deacon Kelly Stewart will be working directly with our the deacons of the diocese. Sister Sharon will be uh, hosting and, and conducting listening sessions with uh, the consecrated religious of the diocese, the women religious. Uh, Father Etwiste, who is our bioethicist, is conducting um, consultation with uh, Catholic hospitals. He's our official representative to our, our Catholic hospitals, and he'll be taking care of that community. Uh, Father Miguel Mejia is uh, leading the listening session with uh, Catholic Charities. And so we've assigned um, different individuals to, to target uh, different groups in the diocese. And I think we really have all of our bases covered uh, with, with that structure that is in place. One of the questions uh, people have uh, remarked is, what will the Vatican do with the local input? Um, have any of the parishioners spoken to you about that? Yeah, so this might be a this might be a good opportunity just to say, to describe this, uh, the larger process. So this is the first of three phases. This is the what they're calling the, the diocesan phase, so the consultation that will happen on the diocesan level. And the second phase is called the continental phase. So that's where Bishop Daly will take the uh, information that was gleaned from, from Spokane, the Diocese of Spokane, with him uh, to the national level, which will then be uh, combined and, and folded into the consultation um, throughout the United States. The third phase is the Synod uh, of Bishops with the Holy Father in, uh, I believe it's October of 2023. Um, and so there's three phases of, of the listening process. I haven't heard um, uh, people ask too much about what, what the, what the uh, outcome will be, um, in part because I, uh, I think it's still a little unclear what the process is and we need to, we need to do a better job perhaps of explaining what the process is, and 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 also say we we really need to enter this without any preconceived outcomes, and so in that sense, it, it is a little unknown uh, what the Holy Spirit will be doing in our lives. One of the questions uh, probably asked, uh, not as many by as many people, will be which bishops will be attending, and uh, my suspicion is it will probably be all the cardinals, and then a select group of. Archbishops and bishops across the country. You think um, you'll vote on that, or what? what, what I I don't know. We we didn't discuss this in the meeting in Baltimore. May not may not be um, determined yet, but I suspect we might know a little bit more uh, after the first of the year. Uh, so one of the um, one of the concerns I would have uh, it, that hopefully the Senate would assist us is with. We know that there are people who have just strayed from a regular practice of the faith, especially gathering together as a community of believers in a parish at Mass on Sundays. Then COVID um, seemed to affect that in, in many dioceses. I know that uh, speaking with uh, the bishops uh, and priests of the Boston Archdiocese, as well as uh, Seattle and uh, parts of the West, there has been uh, a definite decline in regular Mass attendance. So. Even pre-COVID, there was a concern. Post-COVID, certainly it's more intense. At our cathedral, it seems um, the, the people have come back. There may be a few with health concerns. So we often reflect upon, is there something we need to do differently to bring those who are no longer practice the faith? 
But one thing that has come from a discussion of people about the synod approach is maybe we need to ask why people stay, why people are faithful. The same people who wrote to me in concern. I had a dinner with some donors to Trinity School, one of our Catholic schools here in Spokane. And they were pretty much all retired, but active members of um, St. Anthony's Parish and friends. And one of the um, one of the guests is a retired nurse. In fact, there were three nurses, uh, retired nurses there. And she said, Bishop, uh, if we have another issue of COVID, uh, please don't let um, the government take the mass away from us again. And I think there was someone probably who has been faithful going to mass, has raised her kids in the faith, um, active Catholic, but probably never had an opportunity, at least she said, to sit down and tell the bishop something deep in her hearts. That's one example. It wasn't a synod process, but it was a group of people over dinner listening. And our hope is that um, this synod approach, we may hear from people, again, as Father Connell said at the very beginning, those people we don't often hear from, who aren't the professional Catholics or the people with the platform, but rather, as uh, Father, as Cardinal Dolan said in his um, non-negotiables, those who um, live the faith, perhaps those who may be on the sidelines and have a trouble keeping up with us, but nonetheless have something to share with us, which is their faith, their concerns, and their hope for the future. Thank you, Father Connell, for joining me. And uh, here we are discussing the Synod. And again, we ask for your prayers for this process. And above all, that the Holy Spirit will guide us to follow Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you. Walking in Faith with Bishop David is a production of the Catholic Diocese of Spokane. Walking in Faith is produced and edited by Mitchell Palmquist. It can be heard on Sacred Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcasting apps.